Hello, you are listening to Watching from the Sidelines. I'm your host, Gideon Sutherland, and before we jump into it, I want to just quickly apologize. Uh, for the past week, I haven't really posted any vi- uh, any podcasts, and uh, that's on me. I got really busy, and I think I'm going to shorten my timetables. I'm going to be doing a podcast three times a week now instead of every single day because I quickly realized that that's just going to be impossible for me to do. Um, So we are going to be, uh, we're going to be doing this on Tuesday, uh, Thursday and Saturday. Saturday is still going to be a long episode. I'm sorry that I didn't get that long episode out last week. It was a very busy schedule. Got a lot going on. Um, But, (laughs) I mean, I don't have a ton going on, but it it was busy, and I had a lot of stuff that I was doing over the past week. Um, but getting so today we'll be going to be going over uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick gunning for Josh Rosen's job. Uh, the Ravens add Joe Callahan to add some depth. C.J. McCollum signs a three-year deal, and Strawman to the Mets and Vargas to the Phillies. So let's get right into it. Um, so our first topic, uh, first thing I mentioned is Brian Flores, uh, the Miami Dolphins coach, uh, says that Ryan Fitzpatrick is winning the Dolphins job over Josh Rosen. Um, to give you a bit of information, last year Josh Rosen was a rookie. He played 14 games. He had a 50, 55.2 completion percentage. He uh, threw for 2,278 yards, had 11 touchdowns and 14 intercept- interceptions. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, he was with Tampa last year, and he played eight games, had a 66.7 completion percentage, he had 2,366 yards, 17 total touchdowns, and 12 interceptions. Um, so he, I, I can understand why uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is um, winning this job right now. He's a more experienced quarterback. Uh, Josh Rosen is 36 years old, has been in the league since 2005, while Josh Rosen is a second-year player who wasn't really, and he's in a brand-new system. I mean, last year, Ron Fitzpatrick wasn't in Miami, but it, it was a similar system to Tampa, so I, th- so like he'll be able to produce in in this in the system, and he he'll be able to adapt adapt to it better seeing as he has more experience than Josh Rosen um but I uh, the one thing I I don't really like about this is Ryan Fitzpatrick was given a contract to be a backup that that was his role coming into camp and that is even though through eight games so he, he put up about the same stats as Josh Rosen put up through 14 games you traded a second round pick and a future fifth round pick to the Arizona Cardinals for this guy because you believed in him. Right now, that's all he needs. He's been he was he was told he's been told since the middle of last season that they're going to bring in Kyler Murray. They did that. They traded him. They used a first round pick on him two years ago, and he got traded in the first year of first year he's in the NFL. And he he wasn't a bad player. It's just Arizona Card the Arizona Cardinals were awful. The worst team in the NFL. They just sucked. Um, now he goes into an equally bad situation. The Miami Dolphins don't have many pieces. 
Uh, they're in a rebuilding stage, but he was supposed to be their main piece. And you're going to give the starting job to Ryan Fitzpatrick? You're going to give the starting job to a 36-year-old who can't seem to stay on one single t- single team for more than two years? Um, he's uh, So when you look at age him, he's 36 compared to a 22-year-old Josh Rosen. If you just let Josh Rosen start, because game time is going to be his best teacher right now, I think he'll be really good for you in the future as you build, as you work, this team. Because um, right now this team this team's really bad. Probably just as bad as the Arizona Cardinals were last year. Even though I think they made... I, and personally, I believe that the Arizona Cardinals made some pretty big improvements over last year. Um, but... Come on, Brian Flores. Give Josh Rosen the ropes. Give him some. Give him. Give him the ability to make mistakes and learn from it because he wasn't allowed to do that in Arizona because they had they had the they were projected number one and they got the number one overall pick and they kicked him out as soon as he made a mistake and it was like all right we'll just go get Kyler Murray we'll trade you and we're gonna trade you into an awfully bad situation. Because, I mean, they're dumpster fire. Miami's a dumpster fire. Um, it just give them, let him have some freedom to make mistakes, to learn from it, because that's the only way he's going to become a good quarterback in the league. You see, Ryan, so Ryan Fitzpatrick is what Josh Rosen will be if you don't allow him to really learn a system, really adapt, become a franchise quarterback. Josh Rosen has some great potential. Um, Two, two years ago when he was at UCL, he was a great player. It was actually uh, talked about that he might be the best uh, quarterback coming out of that draft. I, I think he's probably the most pure pocket passer of the draft of that 2018 draft class. Um, but that draft class was loaded when it came to quarterback. You had players like Baker Mayfield and... You have players like uh, Sam Darnold and Josh Allen. Uh, you had Josh Rosen, of course. Um, and like all these players went within the top 11. And that, that's crazy. They went within the top 11. Four quarterbacks in the top 11. There's a lot of quarterback needs, and some of them might have been stretches. Um, I still don't know what Josh Allen's necessarily going to do with the Bills. Um... But, so he he's a first-round quarterback, and you're going to start Ryan Fitzpatrick over him. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Fitzmagic, as we like to call him. He was great through those eight games. Um, I can't exactly remember why he didn't play the last eight, if he got hurt or just benched him because he started to suck again. He was brought back down to reality because he was amazing those first few games. He was lights out. But... Then reality struck, and we actually saw Ryan Fitzpatrick again. Um, I would say that the 14 interceptions is probably the main concern. He's not; the, they're probably trying to work with accuracy with Josh Rosen right now. Um, but Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't much more accurate. He might be even less accurate. The scheme is going to be interesting to see what they're running. They. They just don't have any strengths, so let Josh Rosen learn with the young core that you already have, and I think this is going to be a really good situation for you guys in the future. Because if you if you don't let, sometimes it's not always best to learn by behind the experienced player. Because 
Personally, Ronnie Fitzpatrick is not who you want to necessarily be learning behind. I mean, he, he's been on, I don't know how many teams. I think like six or seven, maybe eight. That's that's crazy. That's a crazy amount of teams. Like, it's just, like I know he's been in the league for a while. But still, there's a reason he's jumping from team to team. Because nobody wants him. Definitely not long term. They use him to get by in the situation that they already are in. And if you're using Ryan Fitzpatrick to do that, that means he should be your backup. And worst case scenario, your starting quarterback gets hurt. He comes in, which isn't the worst situation. He's probably, that's like, he's really, they use him as a backup. That's actually really good. So, Josh Rosen needs to start. Like, like point in case, Josh Rosen should start. Ryan Pas- Fitzpatrick, I'm sorry you need to bench. Uh, Josh Rosen needs to learn the ropes. Brian Flores, you need to see this. He, You traded for him, and you're not going to utilize him. That is the dumbest thing ever. What was the point of the trade then? Start Josh Rosen. Start Josh Rosen. That's all you got to do. Just start Josh Rosen. I said that like five times now. Just start him. Um, I would also like to apologize uh, if you hear any big thunder claps. There's a huge thunderstorm going out, going on outside where I'm living right now. But to jump into our next topic, C.J. McCollum. C.J. McCollum just signed a three-year, $100 million extension. Um, a couple weeks ago, we saw an extension, $111 million extension offered to Bradley Beal. Um, we now we're seeing it offered to CJ a uh, hundred million dollars, so eleven million dollars less offered to CJ McCollum. This would wrap him up for the next five years on a salary of a hundred and fifty-seven million over five years. So basically, they offered him almost a max level contract. Um, is CJ McCollum worth this though? Like. When you, he's very important to the Portland system, but is the Portland system going to truly win championships? Because I believe that's what they're setting out to do. Portland wants to win championships, and they they're not going to achieve it with their current roster. So you have Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum. At, so Dame at point, C.J. at shooting guard. Then you have Nasir Little at how small forward and at power forward Al Farouk Aminu and center Yufus Nurkic but he's not going to be healthy by the time uh the season rolls around so Hassan Whiteside and I mean like that's a playoff team that's that's for sure a playoff team is that a championship team no they got lucky to get to the conference finals if Houston were on that side of the bracket Houston would have demolished them like, absolutely killed them. Uh, but they weren't. And as we saw, Golden State cruise through Portland and Houston left in the second round. <laughs> um, but three years, $100 million, He's definitely worth less than Bradley Bill, and I think Portland got that right. They don't want to put themselves in cap trouble. But I don't necessarily think this is the right move by Portland. I just, I don't know. It's just like... CJ is definitely CJ McCollum is definitely a top ten shooting guard in the NBA. Uh, he had, at the 
career he had played, he's played 411 games. He's averaged 17.8 points, 17.8 points, 3.1 rebounds, 2.9 assists. He has a career 40, 45.5% field goal percentage, a 40.1% uh, three-point percentage and an 83.9 percent free throw percentage, and I, I understand the dynamic, like the backcourt situation in uh, Portland. It's probably it's definitely a top five backcourt, but when you look at this, like what hap- What happens if this doesn't work? You keep on running back. You can't keep on doing that every year, and I feel like Portland's been doing it for the past few seasons. In of uh, this. It's all the dynamic that they've created between CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard obviously is not working. If it was working, they'd be getting to the finals. And I don't th- it's definitely not Dame Lillard's fault. He's probably the second best point guard in the league. And you can argue Russell or you can argue Kyrie, but he is an he's a spectacular player and much more he's a much better player than CJ is so the problem's got to be with CJ uh CJ yes he's a top 10 shooting guard but the shooting guard position in the NBA is fairly weak outside of the top three to four guys it starts to get shaky like they're still all-star caliber players but they're nothing like they're, they're not the James Harden the Clay Thompson and the Jimmy Butlers of the league you got Victor Oladipo and Donovan Mitchell there too, and then after that, like, oh, and Bradley Beal, so like top six, and then maybe Malcolm Brogdon in that situation, CJ, um, I mean, that's only, uh, that's only eight players, I'm eight to nine players, I forget how many counted off, and like, that like, that's like the only people worth mentioning in that top ten, I mean, Gary Harris, I guess, that doesn't sound right saying, though. <laughs> that that really doesn't sound right saying. Gary Harris is the top 10 shooting guard in the league. Nope, from what I've seen, he isn't. Um, but yeah, I think the, the contract probably should be for a little less if I was Portland because it would give them cap flexibility and allow them to bring in somebody else, um, possibly a power forward maybe. Um, since they've lost LaMarcus Aldridge, that's probably been their weakest position. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic has come into his own, but as we saw, he completely snapped his leg in half last year. It was like a floppy. Um, so he won't be back for a while. Hassan Whiteside's going to fill his shoes great. He's going to be a good replacement, and when he comes back, he's going to be the perfect fit on their bench. Um, but Hassan Whiteside's contract is $25 million. I think he'll want to re-sign with Portland once his contract's up. Um, probably they're trying to get him on the down. He'll be, he, uh, 15, 10 to $15 million contract over two to three years, in my opinion, because Hassan Whiteside is definitely not worth $25 million. Um, but when you look at this from the perspective of their future, like, well, they're obviously saying that they want CJ and Dame as their future. I mean, both are around 27 to 29 I'm pretty sure um and I just I don't think it's gonna work like are you trying to win championships or are you giving back to the players who gave you everything even though they didn't even bring you a championship I think it's the latter um it, I, I don't know it was like CJ McCollum signs three year 100 million dollars 
Yeah, I, I definitely want that that money to be less because he's not just eleven million dollars l- worth less than Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal should be getting at least twenty million more dollars in a long term contract than C.J. McCollum. Uh, that's just the fact of the matter. Like Bradley Beal is tenfold. The shooting guard that, well, maybe not tenfold. He is a much better player than uh, C.J. McCollum. And there's nothing against C.J. McCollum. C.J. McCollum is an amazing uh, shooting guard. He's just not Bradley Beal. And he's older than Bradley Beal. And I feel like age is very important in the league. Um, And the younger a player is and the better they are than the other surrounding players, the more they should be paid. Because their age is a plus... Their skill is a plus. Um, usually younger players are less injury-prone, and so that's a plus. Uh, so $20 million, that's what it probably equals. Um, but from like when you look at this from a Portland point of view, they get, yes, CJ and Dame have done a lot for you, so keep Damian Lillard, try and trade CJ. I mean, I guess this allows you to trade him because it's not a massive contract, except that for the next five years you're going to owe him $157 because this is an extension, not a free agency signing. <laughs> so it's going to be difficult because CJ is not that high-tier player, so you're not going to get a lot of back for him. You probably maybe push for some two to three role players. And if you want a star, that's probably not going to happen because he's... You, if. In a trade, if you want to star, you're going to have to give up a- other assets. And if you're trying to build a championship squad, you're not going to want to give up player assets, uh, another player. And, I mean, draft picks, maybe. But draft picks are becoming less and less valuable. You're seeing people throw them away like it's nothing today. Um, uh, looking at the time, I think we should move into our third topic uh, the Ravens signed Joe Callahan to provide quarterback depth. Uh, if you don't jo- know who Joe Callahan is, I don't blame you. He's only played one game in the NFL. Uh, in that game, he went 5 for 7, which is a 71% completion rate. He went, had 11 yards, 0 interceptions. <laughs> um, that, yeah. I know the Ravens have a need. Does Joe Callahan fi- fix that need? No. <laughs> um... RG, if you don't know, RG3, uh, Robert Griffin III, uh, broke or sprained his thumb. They expect him to be back around when games start coming. But uh, they needed to fill quarterback depth just in case. Um, and Joe Cal- Callahan was apparently their answer. Joe Callahan has played for six, eight, no, eight teams in the past three years. And he hasn't even played for them. He sat on a bench and watched uh, them watch other people play. It obviously tells you something. It tells you that he sucks. <laughs> um, no two ways to put it. I mean, uh, they just need a, so technically. So right now they have four quarterbacks on the full roster. Um, I wouldn't doubt it that Joe Callahan gets cut. Uh, Lamar Jackson's going to be the starter. RG three is going to be the backup. Um, RG three is the perf- perfect teacher to. For Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, because he almost embodies Lamar Jack, uh, Lamar Jackson's game. RG, RG three, Lamar Jackson's game is basically the embodiment of RG three, except RG three got hurt a lot. Um, and that's one of the reasons why he isn't 
the player that uh, he was those first two years in Washington. Uh, for career stats, RG play, RG3 has played 45 games. He has a 63.2% completion rate. He has 9,004 yards, 42 touchdowns, 26 interceptions, which is a 21 to 13 touchdown to interception ratio. Um, RG3 is a great backup right now. Uh, he'll never be starting quality again, in my opinion. Um, nothing against the player that he is. It's just that injuries suck, and they really put a toll on the bar on the body. Um, but I do believe, like RG three getting hurt is a big deal because they don't have a really good uh, backup. I forget who their third quarterback is, but he's definitely not on the level of RG three, and he's not on the. <laughs> there's no way he's on the level of Lamar Jackson, um, but. I mean, let's talk about Joe Callahan because they signed him because they believe in him, right? He's going to be the future. He's the magnificent Joe Callahan. Uh, he doesn't fill any holes. He's basically just their worst-case scenario. Lamar Jackson gets hurt. Worst-case scenario, RG3 can't come back. Worst-case scenario, the other random third QB on their roster also is hurt for some odd, odd reason. That'd be the unlucky situation. He goes into the game, and they only run the ball. <laughs> That's what would happen. <laughs> they just run the ball. And you're like, well, Gideon, how's that different from what they do when Lamar Jackson's in the game? Because Lamar Jackson can sort of actually pass, and uh, he can also run. Uh, no, they just run it through Mark Ingram, and that's all they would do. They wouldn't do anything else. They'd rely on their defense, and they'd rely on Mark Ingram. And I uh, forget who their other um, running back is. I'm pretty sure he's pretty good, too. Uh, so, does this fix feel, actually fill any holes? Mm, probably not. It probably does not fill any real ho- holes. He's just on the roster to make them look good. Because one game, five completions out of seven attempts for 11 yards. Uh, that probably says that he they ran the ball a lot. And it... That one game, they were very desperate for a quarterback, and they're like, "Hey, Joe, um, we need you. Um, I know you suck, but we don't have anybody else. Uh, so get in there. Um, so RG three is gonna be fine. So he's gonna be back in a couple weeks. So this signing doesn't even mean anything. I doubt he makes it out of preseason. He probably gets cut. Sucks for him, but there's a reason he's only played one game. Um, and nobody knows who he is. Um. And now on to our fourth and final topic of the day. Marcus Stroman has been traded to the Mets, and Vargas has been traded to the Phillies. So basically, the Mets just traded pitchers. Um, They traded Stroman for Vargas, even though Vargas is a left-handed pitcher and Stroman is a right-handed pitcher. This season, uh, Vargas has had a 4.01 ERA, a 6-5 and five win-loss record and 81 strikeouts. While Strawman had 6 wins and 11 losses. And those 11 losses are probably not his fault. When you take a look at his ERA and strikeouts, he has two, a 2.96 ERA and a 99 strikeouts. So that's probably the offense's fault more than his fault that they lost. Um, why? Why Mets? You weren't supposed to be buyers. You were supposed to be sellers. Get assets. Get better for the future. Why do you need Strawman? 
a lot of other teams could have used him. This is me being a salty Astro fan. Um, so you're trying to sell Syndergaard, but you want to bring in Strawman? Uh, you sell Vargas, who's, I think, like one of your only starting left-handed pitchers, for a right-handed pitcher, who's not much better. Yes, he is a 2-ERA low, 2 and, uh 1 ERA, basically, lower than Vargas. And he has the same amount of wins, uh, and a lot. Uh, he has almost 20 more strikeouts. Here's the thing. Strawman is not elite. Uh, he he's, he's had a good season on a very bad team. And when you're on a very bad team, your stats are going to look great because you're on a very bad team. Um, and you're going to get a lot more playing time, and they're going to let you make mistakes, and they're going to let you learn from your mistakes. Uh, Strawman is older. He's a vet. Uh, Vargas isn't young at all either. So he's probably older than Strawman. So, I mean, I guess the Mets get a little younger. But why? You didn't need him, and you gave up assets for him. You keep those assets. You trade Vargas to the Phillies, get more assets. You have tons of assets because you didn't trade for Strawman, and you trade Cindergard to the Padres or the Astros or some other team that's begging for another pitcher. That's all you got to do. And I think that would have been successful. And if you do not know, the trade deadline is on the 31st of July. Uh, it's tomorrow. Um, no, no, no. Is that my, It might be today. I'm pretty sure it's today. Um, and these are probably the two biggest deals that have gone down. A pitcher with a 4.01 ERA and only 81 strikeouts. And a pitcher with, uh, with six wins, a 2.96 ERA, and 98, 99 strikeouts, all involving the same team. One's left-handed and one's right-handed. Why, Mets? That's all I gotta ask. Why? You, nobody thought you were gonna be good. Don't try and get better, especially when you're trying to trade Noah Syndergaard, because then you're just going to get worse. Obtain assets, trade away players, get better assets, look towards the future. That's all I got to say. This You're listening to Watching from the Sidelines. Have a great morning, afternoon, and day. This is me signing. This is me signing out.